Esther chapter 2, verse 1. After these things, when the wrath of the king Ahasuerus was assaged, he remembered Vashti and what she had done, and what was decreed against her. The party ended, they sent out a proclamation that the queen was going to be deposed, and now it was time to carry that out. 2. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be sought for the king young virgins fair to look on. 3. And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the castle, and to the house of the women, unto the custody of Hegai, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the woman, and let their ointments be given them. 4. And let the maiden that pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti, and the thing pleased the king, and he did so. In this comedy, we're now going to have a kingdom-wide beauty contest. They're going to haul in all the beautiful women who are virgins that they can find, and they're going to give them cosmetics and beauty treatments for a while to make them as beautiful as possible and then find out which one the king likes best. Now, Haggai would be a eunuch. In the palace, any man who could come in contact with the king's queen or concubines would have to be a eunuch so that they can trust him that he's not going to make women pregnant. You don't want to have heirs to the throne who aren't actually related to the king. And also, you don't want to have chaos in the king's palace with it just being a free-for-all with any man being able to have sex with the king's women. Persia controlled Israel at that time. If there were any Israelites, if it was a beautiful young virgin, they would take her for this beauty contest. 5. There was a certain Jew in Shushan, the castle, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jar, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Mordecai was mentioned in several other books that we read, including Ezra and Nehemiah. He is the uncle of Esther, and he in this story is going to represent Jesus Christ. He is a type of Jesus Christ, meaning that he foreshadows the life of Jesus. 6. Who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives that had been carried away with Jeconiah king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away. In Nebuchadnezzar's time, Mordecai was carried away before the Persians took over. 7. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maiden was of beautiful form and fair to look on, and when her father and the mother were dead, Mordecai took her for his own daughter. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Though your mother and your father reject you, I will receive you. In Hadassah's case, her mother and father had died, but Mordecai, who represents Jesus, received her. There's no orphans in God's kingdom. If you don't have a father or a mother, or if you have faced lots of rejection in your life, in God's kingdom you are no longer an orphan. You are received by Jesus Christ. He loves you, and you are received by the Father. So it doesn't matter if you don't have a biological family, or if your whole family has turned their backs on you. You are fully received and fully accepted in Jesus Christ, once you give your life to him. Hadassah means myrtle tree, and myrtle tree represents peace and well-being, prosperity. 
And this is what's going to happen to Adassa. She is going to receive peace in her life and well-being and prosperity. Now that's her Hebrew name, but she's going to be given the name Esther. And Esther is a pagan name. It's actually a derivation of the goddess Ishtar, which is also called Isis and many other names. Because the Persians worshipped this false goddess, they're going to name their new queen Ishtar. The derivation is Esther, but that's the name that she had to take on. It wasn't her choice. And there is a verse in Exodus chapter 23 that says, don't even mention the names of their gods. And that's why in the rest of the Bible, you don't see references to Esther because her name was a derivation of Ishtar. So they don't mention her in the rest of the Bible, but she was a real person. She really existed. She's still a great heroine in the Bible. And Mordecai took her for his own daughter. 8. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was published, and when the maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the castle, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was taken into the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the woman. In the first place where they take Esther, it's where the virgins go probably close by where the concubines are. And then after she sees the king, then they will transport her to the concubine's house. Esther is going to represent the church in this story. Vashti represented Israel under the old covenant, and Esther represents the church under the new covenant. In the old covenant, Israel kept rejecting God, but in the new covenant, the church receives God. Mordecai, her uncle, is going to represent Jesus Christ. Jesus will save the church. 9. And the maiden pleased him, meaning she pleased Haggai. He was very approving of her looks, and he probably was also approving of her character, her deportment, how she carried herself. He probably liked a lot of things about her. But he's thinking not for himself, but for the king. He's thinking this would make a great wife for the king. He himself is a eunuch. He doesn't want her for himself. He's just thinking she's going to be awesome. It said that she was beautiful in form and countenance, which means she had a beautiful figure and a beautiful face. Some people have one or the other. Some people have a great figure, but their face is plain. Or they have a beautiful face, but their figure isn't anything to shout about. Well, Esther had both a beautiful figure and a beautiful face. And she obtained kindness from him, meaning Haggai the eunuch, and he speedily gave her her ointments. He hurried up and made sure that she was first in line to get all of the cosmetic treatments. With her portions, meaning her food, they fed her special food to make her figure perfect and her skin perfect. And the seven maidens, who were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and he advanced her and her maidens to the best place in the house of the women. He took this virgin Esther, and he's already thinking she is five gold stars. The king is going to love this girl. He's already promoted her, given her seven maidens to watch after her, and these will be like ladies-in-waiting when she becomes a queen. Haggai has given all of them the nicest room. And he is very close to all of them because he knows Esther is a winner. 10. Esther had not made known her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not tell. Mordecai, her uncle, has told her, don't tell anybody that you're a Jew. 
or that you're an Israelite, because there are a lot of enemies who don't like the Israelites within the Persian kingdom. After all, they took over Israel. So of course, there's going to be a lot of people who are prejudiced against Israelites. 11. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what would become of her. All the people in this story are flawed. None of them are perfect. Even though Esther represents the church and Mordecai represents Jesus, that doesn't mean that they're perfect in this story. They're just representative. 12. Now when the turn of every maiden was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that it had been done to her according to the law for the women, twelve months, for so were the days of their anointing accomplished, to wit, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with sweet odors, and with other ointments of the women. Each woman, before she saw the king, was given a twelve-month beauty plan. Esther got six months of myrrh treatments, and myrrh is a bitter ointment. It's very good for healing the skin. It's a healing ointment and six months of sweet odors, perfumes, to make her smell like a flower. And then she had other ointments and treatments as well, on top of all of that. The myrrh would heal her from anything that she had done in her life, like hard labor or any kind of sickness or whatever that she had had, so that her skin was renewed. And myrrh is one of the ointments that they put on Jesus when he was buried. And it's a bitter herb because Jesus suffered bitterness on the cross. So it's a herb of remembrance of the suffering that Jesus went through. But that very herb heals us. Because Jesus died on the cross, you and I can be healed. Just as Esther's skin was healed from any harsh labor or other things that she had been through. And then after that, six months of perfumes. And Jesus is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. He is perfumed, and he puts perfume in our life spiritually. He makes our lives beautiful because our lives are full of peace, joy, and contentment. We develop character, and we become beautiful people in Christ, and we become a beautiful fragrance to him as well. 13. When then the maiden came unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. But on the day that each virgin is appointed to go visit the king, she's allowed to take whatever she wants, and she can make her custom order. I want red lipstick, and I want a pearl necklace, and I want a silk veil, and give me a little poodle to carry, and whatever she wanted. 14. In the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women, now that would be the concubine's house, of the women to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's chamberlain, who kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and she were called by name. Each virgin had an appointed day to go see the king, and then, if he wasn't that impressed, she'd never see him again. She would live in the house of the concubines forever and never see any man again except the eunuchs who took care of her and the women who she lived with. Some of those women in the concubines' house were going to be celibate for the rest of their lives, but if the king liked her, he'd remember her name He'd probably write her name on his bedpost or something, and then he could call for, oh, I want that one again, later on, and then she'd be called back out from the concubine's house to go visit the king again later. 15. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, 
who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the woman, appointed, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Esther was a very wise woman, and it's so wise to realize your own limitations, and that's exactly where Esther's wisdom was. She knew her limitations. She had a lot of limitations. Number one, she had never met the king and didn't know anything about him. That's a limitation. She didn't assume that she would know what the king liked. She knew the only person who might know what the king likes is this eunuch who takes care of me. This eunuch knows the king. I'm going to have the eunuch give my order and my prescription for the day that I go see the king. See how wise Esther was? She picked somebody else who knew better. When we get saved, then the, the Holy Spirit will connect us with other people who can disciple us, who actually already have had a relationship with Jesus and know a lot about God and the Bible, and they can disciple us and help us grow. Haggai is teaching Esther what the king wants because he knows the king. Haggai chose her makeup, her clothes, her hairstyle, and anything else that she should bring with her. 16. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Don't you love it how the Bible gives us exact dates of everything? And that's one of the reasons why we know the Bible is true, because fairy tales don't give you exact dates. You can look up this date in history by finding when Ahasuerus came to the throne, and then what his third year was, and what the tenth month of his third year was. 17. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. When King Ahasuerus met Esther, he decided instantly to make her queen. He didn't need to think about it for a day. He just instantly said, this is going to be queen. So Esther never went into the concubine's house. She went into the queen's palace. Vashti probably was put in the concubine's house at this point. 18. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces, and gave gifts according to the bounty of the king. 19. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, and Mordecai sat in the king's gate, 20. Esther had not yet made known her kindred nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him. This verse is going back in time. Esther was in the first group of virgins that were gathered in Susa, but then when they gathered the second group and Esther still hadn't become queen yet, this happened. 21. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigtha and Teresh, of those that kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. Two of those men who were originally sent to get Vashti and have her report to the king during the previous festival, two of them had a beef against the king and they were mad at him for some reason and they actually wanted to assassinate their own king. 22. And the thing became known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther told the king thereof in Mordecai's name. Mordecai reported this plot to kill the king 
to Esther, and then Esther reported it to the king and told the king that the information came from Mordecai. So it was recorded in the record book of King Ahasuerus that Mordecai had saved his life. 23. And when inquisition was made of the matter, and it was found to be so, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Which means Bigtha and Teresh lost their lives. They admitted that they wanted to kill the king, so they were hanged. And that concludes Esther chapter 2.